story twenty of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story twenty a boarding-house romance i keep a boarding-house if any fair proportion of my readers were likely to be members of my own profession i should expect the above announcement to call forth more sympathetic handkerchiefs than have waved in unison for many a day but i don't expect anything of the sort i know my business too well to suppose for a moment that any boarding-house proprietor no matter how full her rooms or how good pay her boarders are ever finds time to read a story even if they did they'd be so lost in wonder at one of themselves finding time to write a story that they'd forget the whole plot and point of the thing i can't help it though i must tell about poor dear mrs perry even if i run the risk of cook's overdoing the beef so that mr bluff who is english and the best of pay can't get the rare cut he loves so well mrs perry's story has run in my head so long that it has made me forget to take change from the grocer at least once to my knowledge and even made me lose a good boarder by showing a room before the bed was made up they say that poets get things out of their heads by writing them down and i don't know why boarding-house keepers can't do the same thing it's about three months since mrs perry came here to board i'm very sure about the time and it was the day i was to pay my quarter's rent and to-morrow will be quarter-day again thank the lord i've got the money ready i didn't have the money ready then though and the landlord left his temper behind him instead of a receipt and i was just having a little cry in my apron and asking the lord why it was that a poor lone woman who was working her finger-ends off should have such a hard time when the door-bell rang that's the landlord again i know his ways the mean wretch said i to myself hastily rubbing my eyes dry and making up before the mirror in the hat-tree as fierce a face as i could then i snatched open the door and tried to make believe my heart wasn't in my mouth but the landlord wasn't there and i've always been a little sorry for i was looking so savage that a wee little woman who was at the door trembled all over and started to go down the steps don't go ma'am i said very quickly with the best smile i could put on and i think i've been long enough in the business to give the right kind of a smile to a person that looks like a new boarder don't go i thought it was i thought it was uh, somebody else that rang come in do she looked as if i was doing her a great honour and i thought that looked like poor pay but i was too glad at not having the landlord just then to care if i did lose one week's board besides she didn't look as if she could eat much i see you advertise a small bedroom to let said she looking appealing like as if she was going to beat me down on the strength of being poor how much is it a week eight dollars said i rather shortly seven dollars was all i expected to get but i put on one so as to be beaten down without losing anything i can get eight from a single gentleman the only objection being that he wants to keep a dog in the back yard oh i'll pay it said she quickly taking out her pocket-book i'll take it for six weeks anyhow i never felt so ashamed of myself in my life 
i made up my mind to read a penitential passage of scripture as soon as i closed the bargain with her but remembering the book says to be reconciled to your brother before laying your gift on the altar i says quick as i could for fear that if i thought over it again i couldn't be honest you shall have it for seven my dear madam if you're going to stay so long and i'll do your washing without extra charge this last i said to punish myself for suspecting an innocent little lady oh thank you thank you very much said she and then she began to cry i knew that wasn't for effect for we were already agreed on terms and she had her pocket-book open showing more money than i ever have at a time unless it's rent day she tried to stop crying by burying her face in her hands and it made her look so much smaller and so pitiful that i picked her right up as if she was a baby and kissed her then she cried harder and i a woman over forty too couldn't find anything better to do than to cry with her i knew her whole story within five minutes knew it perfectly well before i'd fairly shown her the room and got it aired they were from the west and had been married about a year she hadn't a relative in the world but his folks had friends in philadelphia so he'd got a place as clerk in a big clothing factory at twelve hundred dollars a year they'd been keeping house just as cosy as could be in four rooms and were as happy as anybody in the world when one night he didn't come home she was almost frantic about him all night long and first thing in the morning she was at the factory she waited until all the clerks got there but george his name was george perry didn't come the proprietor was a good-hearted man and went with her to the police office and they telegraphed all over the city but there didn't seem to be any such man found dead or drunk or arrested for anything she hadn't heard a word from him since her husband's family's friends were rich the stuck-up brutes but they seemed to be annoyed by her coming so often to ask if there wasn't any other way of looking for him so she like the modest frightened little thing she was stayed away from them then somebody told her that new york was the place everybody went to so she sold all her furniture and pawned almost all her clothes and came to new york with about fifty dollars in her pocket what i'll do when that's gone i don't know said she commencing to cry again unless i find george i won't live on you though ma'am she said lifting her face up quickly out of her handkerchief i won't indeed i'll go to the poorhouse first but and then she cried worse than before and i cried too and took her in my arms and called her a poor little thing and told her she shouldn't go to any poorhouse but should stay with me and be my daughter i don't know how i came to say it for goodness knows i find it hard enough to keep out of the poorhouse myself but i did say it and i meant it too her things were all in a little valise and she soon had the room to rights and when i went up again in a few minutes to carry her a cup of tea she pointed to her husband's picture which she had hung on the wall and asked me if i didn't think he was very handsome i said yes but i'm glad she looked at the tea instead of me for i believe she'd seen by my face that i didn't like her george the fact is men look very differently to their wives or sweethearts than they do to older people and to boarding-house keepers there was nothing vicious about george perry's face but if he'd been a boarder of mine i'd have insisted on my board promptly not for fear of his trying to cheat me 
but because if he saw anything else he wanted he'd spend his money without thinking of what he owed i felt so certain that he'd got into some mischief or trouble and was afraid or ashamed to come back to his wife that i risked the price of three ribs of prime roasting beef in the following personal advertisement george p your wife don't know anything about it and is dying to see you answer through personals but no answer came and his wife grew more and more poorly and i couldn't help seeing what was the matter with her then her money ran out and she talked of going away but i wouldn't hear of it i just took her to my own room which was the back parlour and told her she wasn't to think again of going away that she was to be my daughter and i would be her mother until she found george again i was afraid for her sake that it meant we were to be with each other for ever for there was no sign of george she wrote to his family in the west but they hadn't heard anything from him or about him and they took pains not to invite her there or even to say anything about giving her a helping hand there was only one thing left to do and that was to pray and pray i did more constantly and earnestly than i ever did before although the good lord knows there have been times about quarter day when i haven't kept much peace before the throne finally one day mrs perry was taken unusually bad and the doctor had to be sent for in a hurry we were in her room the doctor and mrs perry and i i was endeavouring to comfort and strengthen the poor thing when the servant knocked and said a lady and gentleman had come to look at rooms i didn't dare to lose boarders for i'd had three empty rooms for a month so i hurried into the parlour i was almost knocked down for a second for the gentleman was george perry and no mistake if the picture his wife had was to be trusted in a second more i was cooler and clear-headed than i ever was in my life before i felt more like an angel of the lord than a boarding-house keeper kate said i to the servant show the lady all the rooms kate stared for i'd never trusted her or any other girl with such important work and she knew it she went though followed by the lady who though she seemed a weak silly sort of thing i hated with all my might then i turned quickly and said don't you want a room for your wife too george perry he stared at me a moment and then turned pale and looked confused then he tried to rally himself and he said you seem to know me ma'am yes said i and i know mrs perry too and if ever a woman needed her husband she does now even if her husband is a rascal he tried to be angry but he couldn't he walked up and down the room once or twice his face twitching all the time and then he said a word or two at a time i wish i could poor girl oh for god forgive me what can i do i wish i was dead you wouldn't be any use to anybody then but the evil one george perry and you're not ready to see him just yet said i just then there came a low long groan from the back room and at the same time someone came into the parlour i was too excited to notice who it was and george perry when he heard the groan stopped short and exclaimed good god who's that your wife said i almost ready to scream i was so wrought up he hid his face in his hands and trembled all over there was half a minute's silence it seemed half an hour and then we heard a long thin wail from a voice that hadn't ever been heard on earth before 
what's that said perry in a hoarse whisper his eyes starting out of his head and hands thrown up your baby just born said i will you take rooms for your family now george perry i asked i shan't stand in the way said a voice behind me i turned around quickly just in time to see with her eyes full of tears the woman who had come with george go out the door and shut the hall door behind her thank god said george dropping on his knees amen said i hurrying out of the parlor and locking the door behind me i thought if he wanted to pray while on his knees he shouldn't be disturbed while if he should suddenly be tempted to follow his late companion i shouldn't be held at the judgment day for any share of the guilt i found the doctor bustling about getting ready to go and mrs perry looking very peaceful and happy with a little bundle hugged up close to her i guess the lord will bring him now said mrs perry if it's only to see his little boy like enough my dear said i thanking the lord for opening the question for my wits were all gone by this time and i hadn't any more idea of what to do than the man in the moon but said i he won't bring him till you're well and able to bear the excitement oh i could bear it any time now said she very calmly it would seem just as natural as would be to have him come in and kiss me and see his baby and bless it would it i asked with my heart all in a dance well trust the lord to do just what's right i hurried out and opened the parlor door there stood george perry changed so i hardly knew him he seemed years older his thick lips seemed to have suddenly grown thin and were pressed tightly together and there was such an appealing look from his eyes be very careful now i whispered you may see them she expects you and don't imagine anything has gone wrong i took him into the room and she looked up with a face like that i hope the angels have i didn't see anything more for my eyes filled up all of a sudden so i hurried upstairs to an empty room and spent half an hour crying and thanking the lord there was a pretty to-do at the dinner-table that day i'd intended to have souffle for dessert and i always make my own souffles but i forgot everything but the perrys and the boarders grumbled awfully i didn't care though i was too happy to feel abused i don't know how george perry explained his absence to his wife perhaps he hasn't done it at all but i know she seems to be the happiest woman alive and that he don't seem to care for anything in the world but his wife and baby as to the woman who came with him to look at a room i haven't seen her since but if she happens to read this story she may have the consolation of knowing that there's an old woman who remembers her one good deed and prays for her often and earnestly End of story twenty